a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Of course, we're getting closer to the 2022 midterm elections. What's everybody going to run on? Or is everyone just going to hunker down and run away? It's been interesting to look at how each political party, the major political parties, are positioning themselves as they start to lay out the case and the issues that they want to campaign on in 2022. Uh, Getting the message right is important, obviously, at every level for every single campaign. It's interesting, though, of late, we've seen more and more that the party who's not in power uh, tends to focus on just how horrible the other party is. And the party that is in power tends to just focus on how horrible the other party was when they were in power. And none of that moves us anywhere. Now, I've been critical of both sides of the aisle when it comes to their messaging in terms of what they should be running on. If you remember back uh, just in November, we went through and really dissected what happened in the Virginia governor's race, often a bellwether and a a little foresight into what happens in the midterm elections. And we saw the Democrats make a big mistake. They made it very national. They made it very much about the former president of the United States. And we saw the Republican, who is now Governor Yunkin, focus on anything but national politics and anything but the former president. He made it very local. He made it about what was ahead, and he won. Even though he was outspent, uh, he was clearly outstar-powered. Terry McAuliffe, of course, uh, former head of the Democratic Party and close ties. They brought in everybody from Joe Biden to Barack Obama to Michelle Obama uh, and really a a star-studded cast, and they still could not win. Why? Because they were fighting the last battle. They were looking in the rearview mirror, and they were not moving forward with a vision. Uh, And Governor Youngkin did that very well. That's why he won. That's why he's the governor of Virginia right now. Now, if you take that to the national level, of course, there's a a lot of attention being placed on the United States Senate, which currently is divided equally 50-50, the Democrats being in the majority by virtue of the tie-breaking vote, which, of course, is the vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris. And so here we go into the 2022 midterm election. Republicans would love nothing more than to gain control of the Senate as a way to slow down President Biden's agenda and be a balance to what is happening. Uh, But it's interesting. They're not running on a vision of where they're going to go. It's all defense. And in fact, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell was asked in January what the Republican agenda would be. And at first, he had no answer, uh, but he did say the elections would uh, just be a vote on the current administration and where they have gone wrong. Take a listen. That is a very good question. And I'll let you know when we take it back. 
Uh, in the meantime, what the election this fall is going to be about is about this administration and how it's doing on inflation, on border security, on foreign policy, on standing up to the Russians. This midterm election will be a report card on the performance of this entire democratic government, the president, the House, and the Senate. And in the course of the campaign, various Republican candidates will come out for what they will do, what they're for. That's always an important part of every election. But make no mistake about it, the election this fall is a referendum on this all-democratic government. So that was Senator McConnell in January saying, nope, no vision, no laying out what we're for. We're just going to tell you that we are against the current administration, and we think that the voters of the country are going to vote on what this administration and Democrats being in charge of House and Senate uh, have done thus far. And that might be a way to win an election. It, to me, has nothing to do with leadership. And if you aren't going to lead, I'm not sure why you're in the game. So that's Mitch McConnell's approach. Uh, I've been very critical of that, and I still think he's wrong in terms of not laying it out, especially uh, given what has happened since January. Uh, With everything that has happened internationally, all the change in dynamics in terms of, of global challenges that are right on our doorstep now, Uh, To still just say, well, we're just the only thing we're going to tell you is that we're against the people who are in power now. Uh, That doesn't inspire a whole lot, doesn't even fit on a bumper sticker. Now, Senator McConnell explained just this last week. What would and what would not be on the agenda for Republicans in 2022 if they were to win back the majority in Congress? If we're fortunate enough to have the majority next year. I'll be the majority leader. I'll decide in consultation with my members what to put on the floor. Let me tell you what would not be a part of our agenda. We will not have as part of our agenda a bill that raises taxes on half of the American people and sunsets Social Security and Medicare within five years. That will not be part of a Republican Senate majority agenda. We will focus instead on what the American people are concerned about. Inflation, energy, defense, the border, and crime. All right, that's Mitch McConnell from just a week ago. And part of that's a little chilling to me where he says, if we gain the majority, I'll be the majority leader. That vote can't take place until you have the majority. So he is sending the message to all of his colleagues that I am going to be in charge and you're going to vote for me to be the majority leader because I'm going to help you all get reelected. But the part that was very disturbing to me was what he said next. Mitch McConnell said, I'll decide, I'll decide, and then in parentheses, in consultation with my members, what to put on the floor. That is part of what is the problem in Washington, D.C., is we have turned the majority leader into something that it was not designed to be. It was really to be a floor manager to make sure that the committees met and if there were bills that were being put together that went across different uh, committees 
that they had opportunities to consult together and work together and collaborate to make better bills. But part of what former Senator Harry Reid and Mitch McConnell in particular, they changed how the members of the United States Senate view the party leaders. And it is not what it's supposed to be. And so, again, it's all about power and positioning. Uh, And I don't know anyone across the country who would be sitting back thinking, oh, thank goodness that Mitch McConnell is going to decide what happens in the United States Senate because he's the majority leader. And I'm sure there aren't very many Democrats who would say, oh, all is well, (laughs) because Chuck Schumer is the majority leader and he'll decide what to put on the floor of the Senate. Uh, Now, part of this gets really interesting for Republicans because you actually have the head of the Senate Republicans uh, reelection campaign arm, uh, Senator Rick Scott from Florida. He's in charge of that. And he put out an 11 point plan of his vision of what we should do. And that took uh, that got a a real swift rebuke from Mitch McConnell, (laughs) who tapped Rick Scott to be the head of the Republican reelection committee. And Senator Scott has been very aggressive in saying, no, we have to be for something. Even if it's stuff we disagree with, we've got to be for something. We've got to have a vision of what we're for, not just this vision of what we're against. And Senator Scott has doubled and tripled down on that, even taking out ads saying, hey, I'm going against my own party because I think we need to have an agenda that can inspire the American people. So when you look at that uh, little spat going on inside the Republican Party, there's sort of a different version of it going on inside the Democratic Party. But none of it, none of it is helping lead the American people. Running on what you're against may win you an election and may put you in power. It does not make you a leader and it does not mean you have a vision for the future of the country. And we should vote better. We should expect more. Stay with us. Much more to come in hour number two on Inside Sources. Live breaking news. Now on the mobile app for KSL News Radio. Sponsored by Any Hour Services. Listen at home or anywhere you go. KSL FM Midvale. KSL Salt Lake City. This is Utah's news station. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.